Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to Activate, a podcast consisting of purposeful conversations aimed at encouraging listeners to embrace both the beauty and the chaos of life. Through laughter, tears, and brutally honest confessions, each episode will culminate with a call to action, offering tangible ways for listeners to not only strive for, but to become the best version of themselves. We are so excited that you're here. Let's get started. Let's do this. Hey, hey, hey. What's going on? Oh, you know, just chilling, just chilling. Yeah. Possibly walked in a little frazzled. I'm a little frazzled, but yeah. <laughs> I'm good. Okay. Yeah. Better now. Better now. Yeah. <laughs> I also just wanted to say really quickly... <laughs> Thank you to everybody that's reached out. Oh, yeah. Um, it's, you know, this is this is just a, a step in our healing for our family. So I just want to be very clear about that. Um, as I said last week, you know, I just, the three of us are who are involved, Chad and AJ and I, and, you know, we're just trying to figure out what that looks like. And we've actually had way more communication now than we have in a long time. And so that's really, really great. So just I just wanted to thank everybody and also just let it be known that this is our little journey and we're gonna be great yeah all right what else do we have any small talk or should we just get right to our guest and then we can small talk later yeah let's small talk after this is gonna be a, a pretty big episode I think yeah so today on the podcast we have Brittany Travis Uh, She received her undergraduate degree in business marketing from the University of North Carolina at Wilmington. She started the marketing department for an architecture company in Maryland and worked in community relations for a hospital in Baltimore. Alongside of her career, she volunteered in youth ministry, leading the local youth group and small groups. Following her time in Maryland, Brittany was accepted to Pfeiffer University's master's program for Christian education. During her time in school, she began working as a youth director and continued into the full-time position upon graduation. During her seventh year of youth ministry, she took a three-month trip to serve throughout Southeast Asia and worked alongside multiple anti-trafficking organizations. This trip broke her heart for for the least of these, and she assisted a strip club ministry when she returned back to Charlotte. A sister organization invited her on a vision trip to Belize and an opportunity to become the director for a nonprofit in San Pedro based on empowerment of her of youth and women. Her heart beats for the restoration of women and to see them receive true freedom and has started doing more on that side back in North Carolina. Yeah. Wow. It's um I don't know. So just our whole podcast in general. I <laughs> I know that you're like such the planner and I'm like, oh, um, but every that time is, I, yes, a, yeah. a very good representation of the <laughs> oh two of us, <laughs> but then it's like, we're it's because it's always God's hand. And yeah. so this is just so crazy. Um, I actually reached out to a friend of mine, Alyssa, and I have spoken with Brittany before online. Um, but she was like, you have to talk to Brittany. And mm. so we're going to just kind of jump on with her. Um, the whole trafficking thing. I've been in a space for quite some time now of knowing or feeling like I want to do more, minister more somehow, some Mm -hmm. way. And I think that this is one thing that I've been kind of almost ignorant to or maybe my assumptions of what trafficking is and then what we're about to hear, like the actual truth of it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just think it's a really huge thing to share with the world. And and people don't understand that it's happening everywhere. Everywhere. 
like everywhere in our country. I think it said that Texas, California, and Florida were the biggest human trafficking states in the United States. And Mm -hmm. that is just like, we all go to those places to visit. And I remember hearing a story not long ago about someone trying to like traffic children. They were at Ikea in Woodbridge. Yeah. A little child. Yeah. It's terrifying. And the other thing I was thinking of is I always say that like, you're like losing a child would be the worst possible thing. Yeah. Imagine if you, someone kidnapped your child and you knew that they were in this sex trafficking mm-hmm. somewhere in another country across the world. And you could, I mean, that is yeah, unfathomable. It's unfathomable. And what we're about to hear is that a lot of people go by choice. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to call her. Hey girl. Hey. Let's just kind of jump right in. Do you want to, I don't know, you just start, yeah, a little bit with the background and how you got to Belize. I know it was Asia first. Just just kind of just let us know where you want to start. Okay, sure. Um, So I have a background of working with youth and with women and having a desire to empower them and have a desire for missions. And so when I initially took a trip over to Southeast Asia, I just went really to serve. And I feel like on that trip, God was kind of my travel agent mm-hmm. in really planning that trip and preparing really what he wanted me to see. And throughout Thailand, Cambodia, and the Philippines, he led me to different organizations that were doing anti-trafficking work and really broke my heart during that time just for that area of ministry. Um, we went and saw everything from the prevention and awareness side to going to some of the bars and being able to see what the girls are going through. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, spent some time with girls at the clubs in one of the worst areas in Angeles City in the Philippines, and then stayed with some safe homes of girls who had been rescued. And it was really through that time that, um, God just really showed me a grander scale of what really goes on in the reality of trafficking. And it just, it broke my heart into a million pieces. And I knew, I knew at that point that God was calling me to really become a part of this and to do, do this somehow full time with my life. Mm -hmm. So when I came back from that trip to Asia, from Asia, I came back to Charlotte, North Carolina and was put in touch with an organization that was doing club ministry, going into clubs around Charlotte, North Carolina, and giving resources and helping to get girls out. And I, I mean, I'll tell you, when I lived in the States prior to that, I thought that everything that happened in the depths of trafficking was abroad and in places mm-hmm. like Asia. Right. Mm-hmm. And when I, when I started to get involved in Charlotte, it was as if this whole veil was lifted from the city and I saw all of this stuff that was going on right in my backyard and I had no idea. And so these places that we would go to and pray over were down major, major roads that I would typically be on, you know, every week. Um, And we would go into the clubs and talk to girls and um, let them know that there was another alternative and a sister organization um, was planning a vision trip to Belize and they asked me to go and it just kind of fell into place. They were wanting to do some more on the prevention side of, 
of trafficking, but also just go to empower young girls and women in Belize. And that trip just kind of fell into my lap, and and then I ended up there. And you ended up there. And when you say club, when we were talking earlier, I was like, is she talking about the strip clubs? So these are strip clubs. Yes. 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 There are there are so many strip clubs throughout Charlotte, um, as well as I mean all of the U.S. And you know, a lot of a lot of people go there for bachelor parties and you know other things, and and they go thinking that these girls who are there dancing want to be there, mm-hmm. but it's not the case. And if you really think about a girl when she's twelve years old, her dream is never to you know, be doing that kind of work and having to potentially sell herself to men in order to receive money. That's just never a young girl's dream. Right. And so whether a girl chose to be in that space, which does happen at times and they just get sucked into that life, um, or they have a pimp or a boyfriend who's making them be there, um, they have to pretend that they want to be there so that they'll actually make an income that night. Right. Wow. When you also say, um, when you go into the clubs and you're able to pray over them and all of that stuff, so the owners of the clubs are allowing you to go in there? Some of them. So some clubs would allow us to go in because they said the girls were happier when we were there, Hmm. um, which is interesting. Um, I know that there were some owners that, um, we were able to witness to a little bit because they they wanted good for the girls, but at the same time, if they could make money, then that was more of a priority for them. Mm. Um, and then there were other clubs that would not let us in, and most likely it was because they had underage girls there. Mm-hmm. And so there were some clubs that we would just we would go around once a week and just pray over um, that space. Yeah. Wow. And actually. When I was in Asia, um, we were told that some of the owners would tell the girls um, the name of the organizations that would potentially come in and tell them that they were coming in to kidnap them. Wow. So that they would not want to have that way out. Oh, my gosh. And then also you were telling me how, like, police officers would go in. Can you talk about that? Yeah, so some police officers have done kind of um, undercover work for this. So I had a friend who would go into these brothels. Um, and so one of the clubs that we went to in Charlotte, two doors down was this massage parlor. It was called Something Health, and it was actually a brothel. And this is where girls are kidnapped from other countries potentially, and they're brought to this space. They're, they sleep on mattresses in the back. And they're rotated from brothel to brothel so that people can't track them down. Mm-hmm. And so my friend went into this brothel as a potential client. And once he got into the room with a girl, he would say, I'm a police officer and I can get you out of here. I just need you to tell me that you're here against your will. Wow. And every time he would do it, the girls would not say that they were there against their will because they had been trained by their pimps that they would either be killed or their family would be hurt. There would be some kind of repercussion if they were to um, give the honesty. Yeah. Gosh. Very sad. It is very sad to think, to think that help is right there for them. 
Right. And they just, yeah, it's difficult for police officers because they really do want to help in those situations. But if they don't have any proof, then they can't shut the doors down. So hard. Okay. So you've been in Belize for, and you say a vision trip. Yes. So they were looking to do more work in Belize. They had started an organization called SHINE, which stands for Shaping Healthy Identities Through Nurturing and Empowerment. Hmm. And there's a a girl, Michelle, who is Belizean. She had started this program because her sister had been involved um, in some of uh, that work. And so she wanted to empower young girls. And so the organization sent me just to help to mentor her, but also to just to help to grow the program. Mm-hmm. And so that first week trip was just to kind of see what the next steps needed to be. And it was during that trip that I really felt led to to move there as, as they were looking for someone to, to go. So I've been there for three and a half years now. Mm-hmm. It was going to be six months and then <laughs> a year and this kept going on. Yes. And what is the the safety over there, what, uh, how would you say it compares to around here? Um, is it the same type of, I don't know if that's even the right thing to say. Is it the same type of trafficking? Are, are these girls also, um, going, some of them are going on purpose. I, I guess I don't even know how to say that, but are some kidnapped and some are just voluntarily going, yeah, I think it's it is a variety of situations there as well. Um, it is and it is somewhat different than the U.S. I thought that I would be able to do some of the same things I did in Charlotte and Belize, but that really was not the case. I really would have put my safety in jeopardy mm-hmm. in going into these clubs, especially just by myself. And so, a lot of times for the brothels and clubs in Belize, people will go over to other countries such as Honduras and Guatemala and Mexico and and get girls from there so they'll tell girls that they can come and get a job in a restaurant or some other kind of normal job and that they would be able to send money home to their families Mm -hmm. and so whether the girl is trying to run away from home or she really is trying to come and make money for her family they follow and whoever goes to get them pays off the immigration officer so that he'll let them over the border with these girls and then they're made to work in these in these bars and and really in a lot of the situations throughout many countries they will tell the girl that they once they get them to the new place that they owe them they owe them for bringing them to a new place and for all their transportation and for all the food but then it just becomes an endless cycle of them never being able to pay back the dues oh. wow so in, in Belize, we've been a tier three for a while. I actually I saw an article last week where we actually moved to a tier two. Um, are you familiar with the tiers no. of trafficking? No. Tell so us, could you? Three, yeah, there's three different types of tiers. The first tier means that there is some trafficking going on, but the government is involved and they're trying to make a difference. And then there's a tier two where... There's trafficking going on, and it's it's bad, and the government is starting to make an effort. And then there's tier three where trafficking is really bad, and the government really isn't doing anything and kind of turning a blind eye to it. What tier so are we? So that's what 
down in Belize for a while now. So you, you're saying in Belize they've maybe gone from a three to a two? Yes, that is what this article says. It's, it is still very bad in Belize, but there is an organization there called ATIPS. It's anti-trafficking in persons mm-hmm. who, I mean, they're trying to, to make efforts to really increase the awareness and to decrease the amount that it happens. So is the U.S. a tier one? I believe so. <laughs> I hope so. It's well. so scary. We were, Steph and I were just talking really quickly before we started, and I remember a story coming out a couple of years ago um, about someone trying to, like, lure children out of, like, the Ikea close to us, um, and they said it was, like, a human trafficking, you know, ring. Like, that is so scary. It happens so close to home, and you, I think you think, we think young women and girls, mm-hmm. but it can happen to anyone. Mm-hmm right young it's children so yeah it's a i think it's it may have changed now but the last time i heard i think it was around a 300 billion dollar industry in mm-hmm. the u.s yeah and i mean it's it's a constant thing and the average age is about 14 unreal what's even worse is that there's all of these men out there that are looking for that right well, that's yeah, what keeps it going because there's yeah, a there's I, a market for it. I just mean it's wow. Mm-hmm. Um, can, okay. Well, yeah. Can, can you tell us like what is a typical day for you? So like, what do you do exactly? Well, um, in Belize, um, it's it's kind of different every week, but mm-hmm. we lead a youth program for girls. We're so, we're connected with social services and the high school counselors. Mm to provide a curriculum for girls each semester. And so we go through making the decisions, helping to boost their um, self-confidence, talking through purity and all of that. And and we go through probably about eight to 12 girls each semester. And then we have a program for women who are 18 and older that go through an artisan program. So there's our jewelry where we teach them how to make bracelets and they come and we give them a small stipend for their time mm-hmm. um, to help just supplement their income. And then we have a sewing program where they come and they're able to do a sewing pro- 12-week sewing program for free. And then potentially they can start a business with that if they choose to. Um, and then we just have women's, women's programs and men's Bible studies. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all out of the place that we work out of is called Hope Haven. It was initially ran as a brothel. I would say there's about 12 to 16 brothels on the island. Wow. And this one was called the Blue Hole Bar. And it was very dark inside, um, just kind of strobe lights and a jukebox and a, a stripper pole. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was owned by Lion's Den, and they were wanting to end the lease for the bar. And so we presented our idea on what we wanted to do with the space. And so they've given it to us rent-free for three years. Wow. And so we renovated it. And it was it was pretty much building the, the space all over again um, just because it needed that structure and cleanliness to it. Um, so we were able to put windows in, which was just an analogy of God bringing his light into that place. Um, mm. We took the stripper pole and turned it into a ballet bar. 
where we teach preschool dance. Oh, I love um, that. So the week is, I mean, we have a lot of volunteers that are a part of it. We have a different leader for each area of the ministry, and um, it's great that we've kind of created a really good community there, um, kind of a family that just works together to help the community in any way. So it's it's kind of become a grander scale than, than what I thought it would be with trafficking. It's, it's really just helping the community as a whole. And, you know, I think in the culture there, women don't have as much of a voice. And so our, one of our biggest desires is to really just implement programs that help them to do that. Love that. And so then obviously the hopes and with the sewing and all of that is that they are going to choose that path versus the other, another way. Right. And a lot of them, ha- you know, there's a lot of domestic violence in homes. And, um, and so with that, you know, I think that this gives them the confidence that they can, they can do something on their own. Hmm. For sure. I love that. Okay. So you fast forward to now, what are you, what, what does now look like? What are also just what, what can people do? What, you know, if somebody's looking to, to help or to, to fund the project or to minister, you know, I think that's what I was telling you earlier. Like I, I feel so oblivious or I feel like I had, it's almost like I know it's a bad thing, but I have this fear of like watching the news or scary movies or, you know, whatever, especially being Mm -hmm. a mom. And so I think it's just like, I've never looked into it. You turn a blind eye because it's a blind eye. You don't, if -hmm. you don't see it, you don't have to feel what it feels like to know that that's happening yeah like right here um so what can people do yeah there's there's actually a lot um and I think one of the biggest things to start out with is education Mm -hmm. to really I mean there's so many articles and documentaries and movies there's free things to watch on Netflix I mean it's 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 really in our face now Mm -hmm. um I think the whole trafficking whole concept I want to say it's become a little like trendy like people want to mm-hmm. be a part of it but yet once it once you get into the depth of it it is really messy and it's really dark and it it really takes a calling to really want to make a, a big difference in it you know mm-hmm. um, but I think as you start to learn that it's that it's really going on in your own city then that helps to really open your eyes especially you know, if you have a daughter or mm. you know of young girls or you think about the vulnerability that you had at that age and you realize, man, that, that really could have been me. Mm-hmm. Um, and now this morning I was telling you about yeah, I was gonna the ask girl if who would tell that. Diner. Yeah, I can tell that story. So it, it's a documentary, but it's a girl who she went to high school. She had good grades. She was a cheerleader and she worked at the local diner. And there was this older man who would come in every day and she was slowly getting to know him. He was a regular. And so he was slowly getting to know more information about her life. And he did this over um, many months. And after he kind of acquired all this information about her, he, he then sent in a younger man who was good looking and all of a sudden knew all this information about her. And so she um, she then fell in love with this guy because 
you know, he knew stuff about her. He knew she loved Cincinnati. And through that, they started this relationship. And she started to skip school and go spend time with him. They would go travel together. And soon he started to encourage her to start dancing in the bars because that's what his um, friends that were girls did. And she felt like, well, people are going to look at me like I'm, I'm too young. I'm just a baby. So for her to feel like she was older, she went ahead and, you know, just did what he asked. Mm -hmm. But she loved him so much at that point that she thought that it was for her good. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she was making money for them to be able to have a better life and whatever he used to talk her into this. And so after that, her ex-boyfriend from back home saw the trends of what was happening and he actually contacted her parents. And at the time that she was coming home to move her stuff, her stuff out, he really scheduled an intervention with the social worker and they were able to sit her down and to let her know that she was being trafficked. Wow. Mm. So it's, it is crazy how it happens so easily to, you know, to the girl next door, you know, people you would never expect. And even myself, like there's times when, you know, I felt vulnerable as a teenager and, you know, to be wined and dined by an older guy who's good looking Mm -hmm. is such a pull for some girls, um, especially when they've had father issues and they, you know, there's times in their life when the man hasn't come through or they've been abused, Mm -hmm. you know, to have someone to come in and say, you know, oh, like, you look so nice. Like, I'll go buy you some clothes. Come, come stay with me. I'll treat you well. Mm-hmm. You know, that's very enticing for someone who has not had a good upbringing. For sure. Yeah, it's like one of those things that you just think, oh, that would never happen to me or anybody I know. Mm-hmm. I, I know that it happens mm-hmm. to other people, but I don't, it would never happen, you know, close to me or to someone I know. And it just, it does. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. When you go um, into the, so, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I just was going to say, like, when when they're allowing you to go into the clubs, mm-hmm. like, do they know you're there to, like, get those girls out? Well, or do they, are you like, hey, some of these girls are here against their will? Like, did you know that? Like, how does that? <laughs> um, they They kind of know. They also, I mean, the girls used to call us the church ladies <laughs> because, you know, we come in there and we're all happy and we give them like goodie bags of stuff, you know, and I don't know how much, I'm sh- I mean, I'm sure these, the owners of these places are smart mm-hmm. and I know they know that there's a possibility that these girls could potentially want to leave, but I think sometimes the bar owners will treat them well mm-hmm. so that they'll want to stay. Right. Um, and other times they treat them so bad that they're manipulated to, to feel like they can't leave. Oh my goodness. So then yeah. if you're able to get them out, then what happens? Then there are a lot of safe homes um, that are potential for girls to go to. And I've spent time in some of them and I've seen some run really well. I've heard stories of the opposite, mm-hmm. but I've, you know, been to some where, you know, there's an immediate house that they go in and they spend about 90 days and they get trauma counseling and they're um, within a group of girls who have gone through similar things and they get one-on-one counseling and then potentially put into the next house on property where they're there for a year and, and can just continue counseling. They try to keep their schedule pretty busy. Um, 
just so that they have things to do and occupy their mind. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they have job opportunities like an artisan program at these facilities. And some of them take them to do equine therapy and work with horses, um, mm-hmm. different things to just help them to heal and to grow closer to God. And um, I think it's really important if a girl is rescued for there to be steps in place for the restoration process. Right. Because it is more than, it's, it's higher than an average of seven times that girls escape from the safe home or their new environment and go back into the life. Mm. Wow. And that's typically because they're either addicted to the drugs mm-hmm. because potentially they were, they were forced into the life and the drugs help them to cope with having to be with all these men or they really have fallen in love with their pimp who treats them terrible, but it's the only potential love they've ever known. Mm-hmm. Or they got caught up in the party life and this new safe home has rules, you know, and all these things that yeah. they're supposed to be at. And they don't want, they don't want to live like that, especially if they're a girl in maybe her late twenties who yeah. doesn't feel like she needs to be managed with chores, you know? Sure. Wow. Hmm. It's hard to yeah. imagine, but it makes total sense what you're saying. That makes total sense, mm-hmm. like how they would get wrapped up in it and think maybe it's the better alternative. Yeah, because they're brainwashed and brainwashed. drugged and yeah, not and they're not feeling like they can go back home or there wasn't a home to begin with. Right. No support system to go back to. Hmm. Oh my goodness. Right. Okay. So now what are you doing? So, um... I know you were talking about what people can do to become a part of it. And so recently, it was a couple months ago, I helped to lead a trip of women from North Carolina down to Augusta to do a a, a kind of a mission trip on trafficking. And so we did a training leading up to this trip just to teach all the women what trafficking really looks like Mm -hmm. and the whole awareness piece and from from the bars to what, you know, things that we've talked about, what causes girls to go into it, um, how to get them out. And then we brought them down to Augusta because of the Masters Golf Tournament. A lot of trafficking happens around sporting events and political events. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes people will will rent a big house and pretty much ship in girls and then men can come to these houses. And it, it still blows my mind as well that this actually happens, um, but it does. And then these girls are just shipped from event to event, like around the U.S. Wow. And so we went down there and we did awareness for the community prior to the event. Um, they recently passed a bill in Augusta that requires all health facilities and gas stations and some other um, locations to post um, this this bill in public. So it has to be in their lobby or bathroom, somewhere where people who come in will see it, and it just gives information about trafficking. That's... And so we went into some of these facilities to make sure that they had this up, and if they didn't, we you know, educated them about it and hung this poster up. And then we went to some of the, the truck stops slash rest stops that people stop into on the way into Augusta Mm -hmm. and handed out carnations with um, I'm aware's information. They're um, a local tracking organization in Augusta, Georgia. 
their name is I'm aware because they really want to bring awareness to what's going on. And so we did that at the rest stop and went to the trucks that were parked there and gave it to them as well. Um, there's a lot that happens at truck stations. Mm -hmm. There are pens that will bring a carload of girls to a truck stop and make them work the trucks. So they have to go and knock on knock on the doors and pretty much tempt these guys and offer them things. Wow. Um, so bringing awareness to to that and letting truck drivers know the reality of what's going on is is important. Um, and then we did a little bit of strip club, club ministry there as well. And it was really from that trip that these women really got on fire for what was going on in the trafficking realm, and they wanted to do something to help. And so not only did they go back and just start telling everybody they knew about the reality of what's going on, they want to, they want to help in some way. They want to get involved with an organization or start something new or figure out what skills they have and how they can plug that into these efforts. It was, yeah. it was really amazing. And so through that, there's, there's just so much that people can do to get involved. They can join one of the organizations that's already going. There, there are a ton of organizations that are trying to fight this out there. And the ones that are fighting it, they need help. They need, whether it's prayer around their strip club ministry, because there's a huge you know, spiritual battle that goes along with that. Mm -hmm to really just supporting financially, you know, they may not be able to go and do this. They may have a family at home or other things they need to do to take care of their household. So providing financially to one of these organizations may be helpful. Mm -hmm. I think the awareness piece is a big deal. I spoke at a church to a group of men about this trafficking stuff and, and the reality that it happens a lot with porn as well. And afterward, I had, I had many men coming up to me and and saying, I had no idea this was happening. I'm going to tell the guys in my office about this. Mm. And I was like, that's great. That's exactly what I wanted from this. I, I want people to know so that they're not tempted into these things. Um, because, you know, once a girl is taken out, a lot of times another girl is put into that place. Right. And so it really needs to be cut off at the very beginning at the source and really speaking to the, to the men as well and, and teaching them about respecting women, but also, you know, the reality of what's going on in the life behind the girls that they're supporting. I have a question. So I have a friend who is a flight attendant and I know that they do training on like how to recognize, um, you know, if someone's on their flight, that's being trafficked, like, are there things that you should look for if you're at a large event, a political event or a sporting event, or if you're in an airport somewhere. Um, and then what do you do if you suspect that that's what's happening? Um, there, yes, there are things you can look for. And as you start to look for it, you, you really do start to notice it a little bit more just mm -hmm. in general. Um, but sometimes it's, you know, if you see an older man with a younger girl who um, they don't, they don't seem like family and she seems potentially nervous and he's maybe buying her things or um, traveling alone with her. Um, sometimes that's the case. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes if there's um, mental health issues going on and, and abnormal behavior and they seem really, you know, anxious or submissive, mm -hmm. you know, sure. um, 
sometimes that happens. They won't, you know, have eye contact with you. Um, sometimes it's they they don't have a lot of possessions and they don't seem to have a, a control over their life. Like they don't have their own money or their own financial records or bank account mm-hmm. or documentation potentially. Um, and a lot of times, you know, if you, if you're talking to someone who you think may be in that situation, or sometimes even when we are talking to these girls in the club, their stories that they tell don't line up. Mm. Um, you know, something they tell me, they'd tell some, you know, one of the other ladies that was there, a completely different story. Mm. And it just shows that they're trying to cover up something, you know, the reality yeah. of what's really their home life. Wow. And so then and what, then, yeah, then what can you do? You just call the police or you just, what do you do? So there are phone numbers that you can call um, for awareness and I can send those over to you. You guys can post them if you want, Okay. but there's different ones for each state. And so if you see something, I mean, you can call this hotline and just tell them the details of it mm-hmm. because it's possible that, you know, this has been going on for a long time in a specific location. Mm. And so, so, you know, if they're getting calls from 10 different people that right. something kind of shady is going on at this particular massage parlor, then that gives them more reason to really investigate. Mm-hmm. And there's no harm in making the call, even if you're not sure. Sure. Oh, my gosh. Adrian and I, <clears throat> one day were at the grocery store and... We went to get out of my car and there was like a Hertz van or, you know, the yellow van or whatever. And Mm -hmm. um, I got out on my side and I went to go get him out on his side. And all of a sudden I heard a lady's voice. She was in a wheelchair and there was this little tiny dog and there was, you know, a guy pushing her. And they're like, excuse me. You know, she was like, excuse me, ma'am, ma'am, you know, and like Mm -hmm. whatever. And I was like, "Uh uh-uh, like something's weird. This is it's weird. Something's Mm -hmm. wrong. And I just literally was like, no, I always tell my son if somebody's like picking on him at the park or whatever, like to put his hand out and be like, no, thank you. <laughs> and so I was like, no, thank you. Like loud enough. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. literally maybe three seconds later, I turned back around and they were gone. Mm. Right. So I like mm. go in. Well, we were in the grocery store for quite some time. And then I went to check out and I looked out the window and the van was still there. And I was like, oh mm. my God, the van's still here. Well, there's a couple of firefighter, a man and woman, um, that were checking out ahead of me. And I was like, excuse me, excuse me. Like, mm-hmm. can you, it was during the daytime. Yeah. It was broad daylight. Yeah. And I was like, excuse me, can you? And I kind of told them what happened and they looked at each other and they were like, okay, we're going to walk out with you. And, um, so we kind of were walking a little bit in front of them and the guy got out, out of the van again and mm-hmm. walked around the backside, like to be more near my car. Mm-hmm. And started like walking and then saw the firefighters and turn around and like got in and left. So and I, scary. I didn't wow. even, I definitely was like, oh my gosh, you're trying to like kidnap us. But I didn't even think like you don't even that. go that far to think of that next yeah. thing. What could be, what they could be trying to do. Yeah. Like actually, uh, you know, or I was like, oh, are they going to try to rob me or like whatever. But I'm yeah. like, holy cow. Like you never know. Target. I've heard right. of a number of different times at the Target mm-hmm. near us. Like I've heard that too. And that's scary because I feel like I'm always, if, if an old lady in a wheelchair said, I would go, you know, know. you got it. You just really have to be discerning Mm -hmm. about, you know, like pay attention to what's going on around you and take a moment before you just run to help somebody because you got to really think about what could this 
I don't, I don't, that's a scary reality. Or they use like little kids too. Mm-hmm. Or to like, like the little dog. Scene. Yeah. Like to draw in a child, you know, it's like mm-hmm. a, the stranger with candy. Yeah. Ugh. Crazy. Oh my goodness. <laughs> All right. So you're in the yeah. States now. You're heading back to Belize. Yes. I go back for, for a couple of weeks coming up, but I'm in the transition of, of moving back stateside. And, you know, doors just keep opening in North Carolina, where I'm from, just to really start, you know, the awareness piece and the restoration and the rescues. Um, this, this group of women that I took down to, to Augusta, they're really wanting to get involved. And so there are just so many ways to be able to do that. But it's the same in every state. Mm-hmm. And there, there really is so much for people to do. And I think one of the reasons why I think the education piece is so important is because there's a lot that we know about about homelessness and poverty, and even though we know it, a lot of times we we turn our heads that it's actually happening. Mm-hmm. And with this trafficking stuff, as you educate yourself, the stories that you hear are so appalling that it creates this gap in your mind that you feel like you need to fill with something. Mm-hmm. And 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 usually that's either with awareness of telling other people what you've read about because it's it's just it's so interesting because it's so it's so sad that it's actually happening mm-hmm. and um or you want to get involved and be a part of it so i think for people to actually look online and see what's really going on or talk to people and talk to someone from an organization and then just ask what they can do they don't have to go into strip clubs you know and talk right. to girls they don't have to do that mm-hmm. it can be something that they're even doing from their own home to support someone who's, who is doing that. You know, we used to have um, different church groups and different ministries that would make goodie bags for us to take into the clubs when we would go talk to girls. And that's a very simple thing that a small group can get together and do. Nice. I'm just thinking right now, like, I don't even know. Well, what I was telling you earlier is like, I used to bartend and I went to the strip club, you know, and like sat at the bar and drank yeah, or whatever, don't even but think about that. You don't that think those about girls that. could be there against their will or right. Just kind of without realizing what's even happened to them. Yeah. Hmm. Right. Or like, I would have no idea if there's a strip club near. Yeah. Here I now. don't know either. I mean, I've never. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Well, definitely. I, thank you so much for sharing this story and thank you for the work that you're doing. It's amazing. And I hope that people, you know, do try to learn more mm-hmm. after hearing this. Like, I like how you said, just go watch a Netflix documentary. Yeah. Like, it's easy to get the information. It's easy to get the information. Right. Um, so if we have people that reach out or what we'll do is when we post this episode, um, obviously we'll tag you in it. Um, is there any link to your organization yeah. or anything like that if they want to specifically help the organization that you're working with? So Shine believes is the organization that's actually in Belize mm-hmm. um, that is doing the empowerment efforts. And um, that's more on a broad scale as far as empowerment for girls and women and men and mm-hmm. families. Mm-hmm. And then there's a couple organizations in, in North Carolina. One is called SHIELD. Mm-hmm. They are doing a lot of policy work and, and prevention and restoration kind of work. Mm-hmm. They are great. Um, they also have a podcast on trafficking called Red X. Mm. 
And then Shared Hope International is actually a really good organization that gives a ton of information about trafficking in general. Okay. Um, you can really learn anything that you need to um, through their organization. They give trainings and, and various things. Perfect. Great. Yeah, we'll try to we'll try to link all that information when we post the episode. Yeah. Okay. That'd be great. Well, thank you so, so much for your time today and um, just for educating me just yeah. today alone. I'm, we, you know, we're both sitting here like eyes wide open. It's, it's, it's so sad and it's so scary. And, you know, to think like we live in a country where it's so prevalent and, and, and no and one like talks you, about it. No well, one, I think they do a little now, but sometimes yeah. you just don't want to hear it. Yeah. You're right. Like you said, the blind eye or whatever, but. Like what kills me is like, how do these people even know how to find that out? You know, like when you're saying they're just shipping in van loads of girls, you know, around these events, it's like, how do we, can we go in as like (laughs) citizen arrest, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like how do you, oh my gosh. And the truck stops and just all of it, it's just, oh Hopefully we yeah, I, as you start to learn and, and kind of dive into the reality of what's going on, it will surface more and more mm-hmm. in your like in your life, you know, yeah. um, you'll just yeah. start to notice more things. And as people as people start to know that you're passionate about it, then when they hear things, they'll come and talk to you about it. That's mm-hmm. that's what happened to me a lot. And that's how I've gotten connected with some really great resources, because, you know, we should do this together. Yeah. It's not something we yeah. can we can fight alone. We have to kind of band together and make a difference. Absolutely. Well, this is definitely your purpose and obviously your passion too. And just God is so great. And as Kristen said, thank you so much for everything that you're doing. And um, we'll definitely keep in touch. Yeah. And keep you in our prayers as you continue to fight this fight. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me today. Yeah. Thank you, Brittany. All right, hon. Have a good, have safe travels back too. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Oh, my goodness. That's a lot to take in, a lot to think about, Yeah. a lot to, I mean, be as scary. This is why I didn't want daughters. <laughs> I know. But it, it it just, like you said, that I felt bad, like, when I was talking to her this morning, I was like, ah, I... I don't know how to say it, but you said it, like, it is, like, the blind eye. You know, you're just... you. Yeah, well, I mean, it's like with all bad things, we'd rather not know. I know. It can't affect you if you don't know about it. Right. But we also can't fix it if we don't if know we about don't, it. Yeah. You have to be aware to be able to be part of the fixing the problem. Right. Part oh. of the solution. My gosh, it's just, that's amazing. Like what mm-hmm. she's doing is amazing. I can't imagine walking into those places. Yeah. And I didn't think about the part where they don't, some of them don't want to leave. Yeah, some don't want to leave or they've they made go it so appealing voluntary like even without the luring, yeah. you know, some you know, they just they go like she said they it, it's the only love they've known. Yeah. So I wrote down a few human trafficking facts. Um it said that up to 300,000 Americans under 18 are lured into the commercial sex trade every single year. 300,000. Mm. The average cost of a slave globally, because that's what these people are, mm-hmm. is $90. 90 bucks. Oh, my God. 
80% of trafficking involves sexual exploitation and 20% involves labor exploitation. Uh, 20 to 30 million slaves are in the world today. 20 to 30 million people are Mm. being held as slaves in the world that we live in, in the time that we live in. Wow. 600,000 to 800,000 people are trafficked across international borders each year. 80% are female and half are children. That just See, that we didn't really touch on that part, but... But she said they pay him off at the border. Terrifying to think that... They're taking little children, yeah. five years old, mm-hmm. you know, six, seven, eight years. I mean, it's terrifying. When After that thing happened at Ikea, I was like, listen, uh, like to Jonathan, because I feel like dads never watch their kids quite like moms. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so I was like, listen, he cannot be two feet away from you mm-hmm. at a store. Mm-hmm. You know, you have no Adrian idea gets, who is lurking. I put him in the cart. Yes. <laughs> Still. I know. Asher doesn't, he holds on, like holds yeah. on to the side of the cart. Um, the, she did say this, the average age of those entering the sex trade is 12 to 14. And many are runaways who were sexually abused as children. Mm-hmm. Uh, human trafficking is the third largest international crime industry behind illegal drugs and illegal weapons Weapon. trafficking. Yeah. Uh, the profits are about $32 billion a year. Unreal. It, it's just, I don't know, like like we keep saying, something we, we choose to not to mm-hmm. think about. Um, trafficking of women and children is the world's fastest growing crime. Uh, f- of those trafficked, 45% are men and 55% are women. So it's more women, but 45% mm-hmm. men is a lot. Yeah. That's more than I would have thought. And also, women can be the traffickers. Yeah. You don't think about that either. You think it's some, you know, icky old man. Yeah. It can be women. It can be that There's old a, lady that had the little tiny dog in the parking lot. Yeah, and then also the prosecution rates remain alarmingly low. So people right. aren't getting prosecuted for this as well, even though there's so many people. Because they're threatening their right. or their family's life. I do. I just remembered this. I did watch a movie. There's a movie called Trafficked, mm-hmm. and I, it has Ashley Judd in it. And the traffickers oh. are women. Yeah. It's, it's a really, it's a, I mean, yeah, I watched it on like on a plane one time Yeah, and it was very interesting and very terrifying, but it was like, oh, it's just a movie, but right. this is really what's happening. Like all over the place. Yeah. It just, I just can't wrap my mind around <laughs> the people that want the child. I, I'll just, well, never. I do. I try to think of that too. Like you don't think, so when the, the guys in the, truck stop and a girl knocks on his door he's probably not thinking or i wouldn't have thought about the fact that she's there against her will mm-hmm. c- kind of or could be you know well but or either way i just mean like if she's 12 and she's knocking on your door well, if she's or 12, the people not- that are going to these brothels and they see them sleeping crying mm-hmm. on a mattress like yeah i just i can't i this is terrifying oh <sighs> All right, well, we didn't get any small talk at the beginning. What's up? Oh, you know. <laughs> Lots of things. <laughs> Lots of things. Um, I'm excited right now um, for the fourth. We're going yeah. to Jellystone. Yep. yep. Jellystone. <laughs> yes. Camping. That'll be fun. Who's, area. So who's going? AJ and I are going uh-huh. with Lenny. Oh, nice. Lenny, Lenny. And then Chad is coming for Wednesday and Thursday. Good. Just so we can... Do fireworks Family, together. Yeah. And, yeah, that's great. Um, 
we don't have plans yet, but my friend invited Jonathan and I to North Carolina to their lake house. And I really hope it works out, but I don't know if it will because kids, it's a no kids weekend. So we'll see if we can work that out. I thought we could stay here for the actual fourth, do the fireworks and the kids stuff and then go for the the weekend. Oh, like most places will do the fireworks on the third. And if you guys haven't gone to the planes mm-hmm. fireworks. Oh, no, we haven't. It's a really great. OK, good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I haven't made those plans yet, but that's coming right up. It's crazy that June. Where did I June know. go? June was June. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't came and went. June. She was not present in June. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like January. Was that what it was? <laughs> or was it February? Kind of like the uh, miracle morning. Yeah. The miracle morning. Yes. Um, one thing that I actually was talking about this morning at my church, um, mentor ship group, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that, so, you know, in the morning I go down and I do my miracle morning, some mornings that just happen to be way later than others. Yes. But now I'm back at it again. This morning I actually worked out super early. So that was awesome. Yeah. Good. I've been making dinner. Dang. Last yesterday. Listen, yesterday we did the hardest freaking workout of life. <sighs> I mean, it probably wasn't, but it was so yeah. hard and every muscle in my body aches today. But all day yesterday, I felt so freaking good. I'm like, nothing feels better than knowing that this is done. I know. And then today I had to coach and I was going to work out with them. And there yeah. were so many people. I'm oh, like, so dang it, I can't. But I did stay after oh, and good. all by myself. And I did 45 minutes. So Yay. I just got to do like 15 minutes on the Peloton yes. later. But I'm like, Yay. dang it, this feels so good knowing. I know. Because I don't have to think about it the rest mm-hmm. of the day. I Otherwise literally can, dread it all I can day. ruin my day dreading a workout <laughs> all day long. Well, and do you see this is with me now, obviously, now that I'm teaching again, but it's at 930. And for me, when I'm teaching spin, that is a workout. You're spinning. Like, I'm yeah, not I don't know how you're around. doing these doubles. <laughs> yeah. No, you're not. And, um, but anyways, I just can't bring it later in the day. I yeah. don't, I don't know. I just, I, I see people that they're all in, in the evening and yeah. I'm just not one of them. Right. I, I, I can like, do it. I can work my ass off at night, yeah. but it's like, I also set, I also ruined my whole day. You ruined your whole day. Well, and for me, I do it. I got to get it together. But I hate it the whole time. Listen, Sunday. I love the morning. Sunday, I signed up for Orange Theory. I got my mother-in-law to watch Asher. I dropped him off at 10 o'clock. Class was at 1045. Yeah. I just canceled it and drove home. You did? Yeah. And then I dreaded my workout all day long. I had to ride the fucking Peloton. I don't know. I couldn't. I just couldn't make myself. (laughs) Then I felt so bad because I wanted to be like, hey, I'm sure I could get you in. But I thought you were in the workout. No. Canceled it. dang. Nope. Yep. Nope. Didn't do it. So I had to. Or no. No. Then I ended up just going for a walk with a friend. I made it like an active recovery day. But only just because. Sure. That's fine. But I mean, I could have worked out. I just was like, oh, yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, yeah. Did you go back and get him? No. (laughs) No, he stayed all day. They they came over. Sometimes you need that. They said they were going to bring him back and go swimming. Yeah. And they didn't come back till like seven. And I'm like, you can only stay till eight because he has (laughs) camp tomorrow. And and, I have And this is just, yeah. And then it's so funny. Well, then I said that to my sister-in-law and I'm like, well, I'm kicking them out at eight. Yeah. And she told them. So they're in the pool and they're like, well, apparently we're getting kicked out soon and i'm like yep eight o'clock i'm like i said i would lovingly kick you out and yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah i don't he already doesn't want to go to camp so i knew if i if he was to overly tired yeah. and didn't want to go that would be a problem why is he liking it though how come he didn't want to go because he doesn't want to do anything he doesn't want to leave the house oh. he doesn't want to leave me he doesn't want to leave the house he'd just rather just stay home i can bribe him with anything i could say do you want to go to target and buy anything any toy you want no no Mm-mm. no thank you 
Oh, buddy. Do you want to go out? To, I can never bribe him without to eat. Yeah. I used to be able to bribe all my kids with going out yeah. to eat. And now none of them. Caleb's like, uh, can you bring me something? <laughs> or they're like, well, we all know it's for you anyway. <laughs> yeah, right. Not. It's not, though, because generally I'm not eating. Right, right, Although right. you can't Less imagine what it is. Oh, good. Yeah. That was part of also why I didn't want to work out because it would, um, yeah. it got, it messed, it got into my eating. <laughs> Because I have so. to have so long before I can work out. So I never had those couple of hours. So what really happened was all those fritters Here's were the real on the deal. counter. Well, listen, I could not get that little shit to leave the house on Saturday. And all I could think about was apple fritters. And I'm like, I got to get them so that I can wake up in the morning. Like I was struggling Thursday, Friday. I was starving. Yeah. And I hadn't done great at the beginning of the week. So I had to stay on track. But I knew on Sunday I was going to have my cheat day. He will not leave the house. So finally, I'm like, buddy, listen, mommy needs apple fritters. And so we're going to run to Target. Okay. That's just, this is what's happening. Well, I got there and they did not have any apple fritters. Stop. So I ended up with cinnamon rolls and apple fritter bread, which is not okay. the same thing. Okay. Well, I'm glad you said that because I was looking at it and I was like, that's not that's an, apple an apple fritter. fritter no, they didn't have it. And so I just thought next best, next best thing. So yeah, I ordered apple. a pizza, Yeah, went to Target, picked up the pizza <laughs> on the way back and put it in the fridge and went to bed. <laughs> well, I've been having this, these damn pretzels. Oh, they kill. And literally like three pretzels. And then I wake up and my eyes are swollen and I'm like, See, I, don't put, I can't, I wish I could put shit together like that. I can't, I don't know why I can't ever put it together. Like, what this is doing to me but i know that what i do on a sunday is not <laughs> okay <laughs> i am not kidding you i ate those all four cinnamon rolls bef before <laughs> like seven in the morning <laughs> and then i still oh, had pizza no. to go i had like two pieces and maybe more of the apple fritter bread to share this i had five pieces of pizza Oh. oh, and then I was done. I was like, I'm what cutting. was it? Papa John's? No, Carini's in Noakesville is really oh. good. I like it. Um, no. So then I was like, I'm cutting you off, Kristen. Like, that's the end. Like, you you, you but got you were home your food. Alone. Oh, yeah. I was all day. <laughs> so. Dreading a workout. Never having, like, a two-hour window where I could, like, get to the point where I could work out without puking. Yeah. So I went for the walk, and I was so full and miserable, and I'm like, I'm done. My mother-in-law called. She's like, when we come, she's like, is today a day you can eat food? And I'm like, listen, I've eaten so much food today <laughs> that I can't eat any more food. Well, then I went inside and I'm like, well, I think I could eat a little more. So I went in and had like a chicken sandwich. Uh, I don't know, but it was ridiculous. Yeah. It was absolutely ridiculous. And I'm like, if I'd just eaten, listen, I could have eaten a cinnamon roll all every day of the week. I know. And well, had less. how hungry are you on Monday? No, I was not hungry on no. Monday at all. See, when I... Some I used to have that where Go it's like ham, yeah, then and I'm then it's like starving. no, I was not, I was like had to force breakfast on Monday because I'm oh. like you are a disgusting pig. That was another <laughs> another thing I was gonna ask is you do eat breakfast or you wait? I do, no, I do eat breakfast. Do. I eat breakfast and lunch. See, yeah. I'm I'm done you eating. You don't today. eat. I don't dinner. eat dinner. Okay, so I don't eat till noon right. or one or one today. Yeah, no, I wake up and break my fast because I want coffee. Well, and you're fasting. Oh, I've been fasting oh. for, yeah, yeah, yeah 16 yeah. hours. Mm. Yeah. So mine's... And we're just on different schedules. Yeah. yeah. So... But some days but I'm I like... But I know... Oh I got to reel it so back. Hungry. I got to figure this out because it's not okay. Even though my weight's fine, yeah. this can't be healthy to to starve all week because I do feel... Well, I think starving. Do, okay. So I used to fast and 
kind of educate about it, if you will. Yeah. Um, but then I started to see a lot of people end up with adrenal fatigue. And I think the reason why then there's like, if you look up, it's Can you called tell like, people what that means? Yes. <laughs> so just <laughs> like your literal adrenals, like, you know, when people are so sleepy and sluggish and they can't do anything, you feel like you can't get out of bed. Mm-hmm. Um, you, a lot of people, um, a lot of people have that high sensitivity. <laughs> I'm like, <busy> mm. <laughs> high sensitivity to coffee also. So not only are they adrenal shot, but then they're like drinking coffee all day long, mm-hmm. all day long, all day long. And they crash, 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 crash. Um, so your body just doesn't have a chance to heal. And then when you're, most people aren't eating enough. We talked about that. I am not most you people. You are. But I mean, the nice thing about like you're tracking, you're keeping mm-hmm. track, you're aware um, so am I, even on some of these days for me though, even with traf tracking with trafficking, like, trafficking, oh my gosh. Um, like on my low macro day, I get 25% less fat protein and, um, carbs and I'm still falling short some days. And I think it's because it's those days where I end up not eating till some days it gets later and later and later. Right. So yeah. I won't eat until like one thirty, two 2 o'clock. And then mm-hmm. I'm like gone for the day. And then, yeah. then I'm like, well, dang it. I don't want to still be eating after eight. Yeah. You know, so anyway, so yeah, adrenal fatigue. And then also, um, I think the biggest reason is because if you're fasting like that around your cycle, Mm. um, or around super heavy workout days, Mm -hmm. right? If you're fasting all of the time or under eating or not eating enough carbs, fat, protein, like whatever that looks like. Um, and you're, I mean, think about, you've worked out an hour every single day mm-hmm. for how many? 170 something days. Yeah. yeah. Well, some people work out for like three hours a day, mm-hmm. right? They're like, like Danielle. Yeah. <laughs> overly, overly. Yeah. And then, and your body just can't keep, you have to rest mm-hmm. like at some point yeah. or do all of that. So well, an active recovery day, active a, recovery. a walk. Yeah. Or something. Or two. Or the, stretching, yoga, something. Yeah. yeah. And my program, it's supposed to be two days a week mm-hmm. because we're low, Right. macro on those days um but that's hard and right for me too i do need to actually adjust because like sunday is supposed to be a low day for but me you're and i'm teaching two twice. classes yeah so um yeah i don't know but i don't it, know i feel like i talk about this damn eating every single week but it's well like, i love it it's people a huge part know. of my life <laughs> it is a huge part and it's a it the what I love about it that we're talking about it is because it is a struggle. It's not easy. It is. And my my friend just started again this week and after so okay, so the the guy who owns my gym posed this question on Facebook and it said something about if your partner comes home and says, I found this great, you know, new thing and I want to start it, is your partner supportive? Mm-hmm. And I was like, Well, what about for the people who's spouse have started and failed at like a hundred different things and Mm -hmm. drain resources and you know a lot of money Mm -hmm. on all these programs that then they never are able to follow through on and I know lots of people who have spent lots of money on lots of different things (laughs) yeah Yeah, well I mean I guess me too yeah and it's like it becomes hard to continue to be supportive of that yeah and I think that like, there's no, we talk about this. There's no mm-hmm. magic to it. You, gotta, you just got to do it. You yeah. got to be miserable. Sometimes you're going to like, if you've, if you've overindulged to the point where you're 25 pounds overweight, mm-hmm. it's going to be difficult. Yeah. It's you're going to have to, you know, like you're going to have to withhold yeah. the things that you want from yourself. Like yeah. you can't just be like a, eh, I can have this. I was really good yesterday. Or Every like, time I eat dairy, I shit my pants. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just feel like people think that, I don't know, there's a way to do it that's easy. It's hard. Well, and when I was this whole time when you were so strict with yourself and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm all about balance and I'm everything's balance. Mm-hmm. Well, I was not happy with my, I, I don't mean to say appearance, but like I wasn't in shape that I'm mm-hmm. used to being mm-hmm. in. I was miserable mm-hmm. and depressed and I couldn't. Well, I just, people beat themselves up so hard about this, right? you know, falling off, falling mm-hmm. off, falling off. And I did it too constantly. Yeah. And I'm, I'm already worrying about like, uh Oh, I'm getting back on a bad yeah. thing. Yeah. But it is about but balance, but it is also about, I mean, really when it boils down to it, it's about your health. Well, and I read there was this meme that popped up and it said something about don't worry about starting over this time. You're not starting from scratch. You're starting from experience. Like every yeah. time it happens, you that. learn something from it. Mm-hmm. So you know what didn't work for you last time. So let's try something different. Or you just know that what didn't work for you was that you gave mm-hmm. up on yourself. You, I mean, don't give up on yourself. Yeah. That's what, and I keep saying it, but there are hard, hard, hard days. Mm-hmm. Last night, I was, Asher had tortellini mm-hmm. and I was so freaking yeah. hungry. I wanted to eat it so bad. It was yesterday, Monday? Yeah. Oh, okay. So <laughs> I was hungry yesterday, but in the morning I did not want yeah, to eat yeah. breakfast. But anyway, I wanted, I want, there was like 10 pieces of tortellini oh. left in the bowl and he was done and I wanted it so freaking bad. And I was like, just it's 10 pieces of tortellini. Mm-hmm. You can eat it. And then I'm like, no. Yeah. Because sometimes I start to question my own ability to tell myself no, it's because strange. it's, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, no. And I dumped it in the little bowl where I keep leftovers for Max. Yeah. And I'm like, now if you eat it out now of the dog bowl, we got problems. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, one thing, and I have talked about this before is once a year, I would always go without drinking for a month mm-hmm. because at that time I drank all the time. Yeah. But I never had an issue with that. I never had an issue. Not once when I said I'm not going to drink for the month did I ever even want to. Yeah. But always with food. So yeah. I'm like all along well, I've I had this thing with food. Sometimes it's we judge people about like maybe it's quitting drinking or mm-hmm. you know people like who can't stop drinking or people who you know are addicted to one thing or another and it's like seriously just stop that's ridiculous but then I think about like how hard I struggle with food Mm -hmm. I cannot stop sometimes or if you quit the other thing then it ends ends up up being being another thing yeah or the other thing yeah right that's what you said you replace drinking with eating Eating. yeah (laughs) pizza in the dark so my yeah (laughs) believe me I have hidden a lot of times shamefully eating a lot of food like I, I don't know. I gotta. I gotta. I gotta. Is reel it a back joke in. in your house about like it's like a thing about how much I'm eating like, on a Sunday? Well, no, I know that is. But oh yeah. <laughs> or how <laughs> you have all the ice cream cones, but just yeah. like double fist hangry. Like that's a real thing. But uh, I think it's also because sometimes I wait too long. Well, but and sometimes Caleb will be like, "You need to go eat something." Yeah. And I'm like, "Watch your mouth. You watch don't know what mouth. I need." <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm hungry. Um, but yeah. So yeah, it is. Um. And Asher said that to me the other night. He's like, mommy, you're hangry. I'm like, you're <laughs> right. <laughs> I am. You are absolutely right. <laughs> um, so my family. Oh, go ahead. I just I forgot to say this part because we started talking about it. But anyways, if if people have been having issues with it, not sure if you have adrenal fatigue, whatever. Um, if you look up crescendo, hmm. 
fasting, it just basically is. Oh yeah, we didn't. It's kind we of didn't finish that thought. Saying yeah. like, if you're working out super hardcore, if there's super certain days that you are, you should be eating. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> if it's around your cycle, yeah, you we shouldn't. should actually do an episode on intermittent fasting because yeah. it is very interesting. Yeah. And there are so many benefits. Yes. So many benefits. Um, So my family is still in Africa. Yes. And I'm struggling because they keep sending me pictures, but I can't post them because I've never had more hate than when I post a hunting picture on Instagram. People lose their freaking minds on me. So Brooke, the other day, she's like, so that's my ex-husband's girlfriend. Um, She's like, Jake sent me pictures. Can I post pictures? She's like, I figured I'd ask because they're your kids. I'm like, hey, thanks. And she's like, I'll tag you. I'm like, post them. Don't tag me. I'm friends with too many crazy people. And so she did. And I've saved them, of course. But it's like, I wish I could post that. But I can't. It's not worth it to me to get all that because people are so mean. Like they lose their mind. I just think we're Midwesterners. Oh, people so lose their mind over a lot of stuff well, on social media. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're right. Uh, but yeah, I, well, I, I want to see them. I will, I, I will show you. It's very interesting. Yeah. Super cool. And such a super amazing experience for my kids. For my husband like hired a, like a camera crew to record them on their hunt Aww. so they can have that forever. Like they're oh, on a hunting cool. show. Yeah. Isn't oh, that no neat? Way. In Africa. Well, and I said this last week too, but I just love that they're all, yeah, all, they're all together. One big happy family. Yeah. And it's, I'm sure it's not exactly that, but well, yeah, they're all there together. They are. Yeah. And that's huge. Yeah. That's so important. And I, I also too, I want to talk about that too a little bit or at some point because everyone's like, that's so crazy or that's so weird no, or that's not. so, no, it's, I've been divorced for 15 years. Yeah. I was married for three years. Right. We are so far. Beyond that. Beyond that. But also. And that doesn't mean we don't fight. We fight. Yeah, you fight But it all doesn't the time. matter. That he's still my kid's dad. <laughs> yeah, we fight all the time. Um, he's still my kid's dad. Yes. And he is no threat to my no, husband. He's gosh, simply no. the father of my children. And look at how many people hate each other and despise each other and ev- everyone gets involved and all like listen it's not about you or him anymore exactly it's about your kids it is and also there was obviously something i liked about jake yeah. i still like he's still funny yeah he still cracks me up he still annoys the shit out of me yeah. he still does things that make me really mad but like there were things that i liked about him and yeah. he still has those character traits and i can still look right. at him and see the good yeah and why why shouldn't my husband also well, yeah, why? It like, why is it weird? I don't, I'm sick of not. it being weird or crazy or, oh, I can't believe that. Or what? They're together? Well, yeah. and even sometimes when you've said like, you know, the divorce is something they're going to have to get over. I feel like, yeah, but not really. Like, you well, have an amazing scenario and it's very different from all of these other families where the mom hates the this and the stepmom hates the you know like yeah it's just it's so yeah. com it's it's comfortable like nobody has to feel like they're picking side so- i don't know right yeah it's i don't know i just it was interesting thought to me because so many people have commented recently you know when they hear that they're all on yeah. the trip or whatever so yeah. um so therefore i'm still taking care of ducks and dogs <laughs> and fish and all those things so that's been fun I haven't had quite the, now I, I throw it and run. <laughs> so I, as fast as I can, I throw it out of the shovel or whatever that thing is, scoop. And then I get behind well, can you the open little the coop. door? 
Or do you have to throw oh, it? Oh, God, I have no idea. I, have no, what, I would not even attempt to open the door. <laughs> Good point. So I'm sure there's a door. You had like showed the thing. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm going to need you to show your my face, face when it's blowing all in my face. <laughs> as you're doing your chores. Like, I did not sign up for this. This morning I, I had to go in and scoop the poop. And I'm like, Ashley, we got to scoop poop. He's like, I'm not scooping the poop. I'm like, I know. I know you're not. I'll scoop the poop. I still don't understand what I'm supposed to be doing with the poop. Because sometimes when I scoop it, I can't actually get it onto the shovel. It just it just <laughs> moves. <all> <laughs> so I kind of just scrape it underneath the bottom just of the kennel. It over. And so now there's, yeah, there's, yeah. I don't, pretty sure that's not how my husband does it. But, you know. Oh. And tomorrow I'm going to have to go to Tractor Supply to get more duck food. Oh, geez. It's not my favorite store. Yeah. Yeah. And they're going to be like... Oh, and they're always like, well, what kind do you use? I don't know. And then they're like, well, what kind of ducks? I'm like, I don't know. Like ones that quack. Yellow? I don't know. Yeah, no, they're black. Black black duck. Yeah. Yeah. They ask a lot of questions that I don't know the answers to. But everything else has been really good. Don't they have it on file? canceled the cleaners because my house does not get messed up when my big kids are not home and my husband. Yes. I'm like, I'm not going to need you this week. When AJ and I and the, like, I don't know. It just stays... Yeah, like I come down in the morning and there's no more dishes than mm-hmm. than what I left the night before. It's no. crazy. No one like threw their dirty clothes in the middle of the floor for me to co- <laughs> wash and dry and fold and put away. And like, it's like, dang, this is, this nice. is nice. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm sure I enjoyed it. Just me and you time. Yeah. And my stepson's well, home. Nice he came too. home on Monday. And so he's there. Like he's here, here now. Oh, so yeah. that's helpful. I'm like, okay, I got to do everything I need to do on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday yeah. before he goes. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So it's been, it's been nice. And also yesterday I went and bought some furniture that I wanted because no one's here to tell me I couldn't. <laughs> For where? <laughs> well, here's the problem. <laughs> so I bought these two like I don't know, like dresser console pieces. And so one is, okay, so there was two that I was going to get, took the picture. I took, went to the store, took a picture, measured them, came home, measured the space. And then the one that I was going to get was too big. Like I eyeballed it and I was like way Way. too big. I'm like, oh shoot. So I went back and I found another piece, but it's green. So I bought the green one and then I came, I bought both of them. Not the one that was too big, but the original one I wanted. And then I added in the green one. Well, I don't know if it's going to fit now. <laughs> I think it's too um, deep. Oh, yeah. He's going to kill me because I can't like it's now I bought it. And so I'm really, really. And there's you no, it's green. It back, Do you? you think? Yeah. But I probably got to pay him another $125 to deliver, to take it back. Oh. <laughs> well. I'm going to have him carry it in. And if it doesn't fit, I'll just be like, I don't know. Put it back on the truck. I don't know. Give it to now I'm else. scared. Well, you could sell it, but you don't want to deal with that. It's too much work. It's a lot. Yeah, I've been redecorating since he left. I did. I did a whole bunch of stuff. It's been fun. I love that. I. I don't know why. I don't. Because now like you don't have like all nobody. The other I don't have to a, do. You're right, and no one's opinion, so I can just mess with things. Yeah. And I love to read. It's been fun. Do all the things. Asher's like, why are you changing everything? I'm like, why not? I don't know. Daddy went to Africa. <laughs> We can do whatever we want. <laughs> we should have a party. We should. A daytime one where we go to bed on time. Yeah. Definitely by eight. All right. Anything else? <sighs> That's it. That is it. It is July 1st. July 1st. I think. <laughs> if it's not, it's, it's real not close. June anymore. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. All right. We'll have to think of a July challenge. Yeah. We'll let you know next week. <laughs> 
Come mid-July. We'll try to um, plan better. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, wait, when are you going to be back? Are, we, are you going to have to be a call-in? No. No? I'll be back Friday. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you. For, we've had some more um, reviews. Yay. So thank you so much. And, and I don't know, get out and get aware about things that are going on around you that let us know too, if there's anything that you're really passionate about. Yeah. Um, that yeah. That we, we can talk about or talk if about. you want to come on and talk about. Yeah. That'd be amazing. For sure. All right. Activators. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Happy July 4th. Later. Bye. Hey, Activators. If you found value or were simply entertained by two Jesus-loving moms who cuss a little, please subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcasting platform. Also, follow us on at ActivatePod on Instagram and Facebook so you don't miss a thing. Thank you so much for joining us, and don't forget to tell all your friends. See you Monday. See you Monday.